by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Welcome to the Passion Church. <laughs> the lyrics of that song, I wrote them down. Some, the first verse says, If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. The same old voice telling the same old lies. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. There's a same old voice telling the same old lies. Sometimes it's our own voice. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know that you can lie to yourself? I think we lie to ourselves more than anybody else lies to us. But I ain't going to go there. The good news is Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God proves true. It's not the same old lies. Every word of God proves true. He's a shield to all who come to him for protection. Say there's a better life. There's a better life. <clears throat> I was hunting several years ago in some government woods, a big old tract of woods and I wasn't familiar with it but uh I went in the woods and I knew I went straight south so I knew it was straight north to get back out right and so I went in there a good ways you know trying to hunt like I, I'm very unsuccessful at usually and so I go way back in there about a quarter of a mile and I hunted that afternoon and as it started to get dark I had enough sense I need to come down out of the tree early because I don't know these woods and you know and I, I need to get out of here before it gets dark and so I came down out of the tree and I was and I looked at my compass, and I had one of these fancy things. This was probably about 10 or 15 years ago when GPSs were first coming out, you know. And it was a new, one of the new GPSs my dad had gave me. And I cut it on. It said, yep, go north. But back then, the things didn't just point you in the right direction automatically. You had to use a compass along with it because the technology, it wouldn't, you had to walk for a little while before it got its bearings or whatever. So, so it said, go north. And I looked at my, I had one of those little ball compasses that you can attach to your clothes. And I looked, and it said, north that way. I said, it's funny, I thought I came in from that way. But I'm going to go by the compass. So I took off walking. And I'm walking a pretty good ways, and I said, I should have got back to the truck or at least seen something I'm familiar with by now. So I'd, I'd pull my GPS up and says, yes, yeah, still says go north. I'd look at my compass, and the compass be pointing that way. And I said, I thought it was just pointing this way. And so <laughs> I started heading in that direction. It was almost dark before I realized that the battery in that GPS or whatever was causing the magnetic pull on that little compass on my shirt. When I'd pull it up and look at both of them at the same time, it was messing up my compass. And it's almost dark. I mean, it is dark. And I'm out in the middle of these woods, and I done got myself lost, lost. And so I pulled my flashlight out as it got darker. I said, I'm putting this thing up. I just know I got to go north. And so this thing should be reading right, and my flashlight is going out. How many believes I spent the night in the woods one time? Well, I'll tell you later if that's true or not. A guy named Calibero, he said, man, just like a compass needle, will wobble 
before finding its true north. I found that to be my experience. I know I wobbled a whole lot before I found true north in my life. Tonight's message is entitled, You Can Handle the Truth. course we're we're uh, on a series bigger on the inside we're trying to talk about topics that's going to make us bigger people able to carry a bigger load for the kingdom do more things in our life without being so fragile you know what i mean you see certain people that just cave under any given responsibility or, or pressure when you know they could do so much more and you see some people just doing carrying 12 things at once and you're like how in the world are they able to do that without just the pressure of it, you know, million-dollar deals or whatever they're doing. So we're talking about how to be bigger on the inside because we got to get, if, if we don't get bigger on the inside, these purple chairs don't get filled. I would hate to get to heaven and say, Lord, I pastored a church, but we couldn't fill these purple chairs. When, when I look around at this city that we live in with thousands of people, I can go to a, a Arby's at any given time and, and be more people at Arby's than we got at church half the time. You tell me we can't fill these purple chairs? Excuse me if I'm just getting ahead of myself. Just a little excited because we're going to fill those purple chairs this year. You might as well get it in your head because I'm going to harp on it. But tonight, we're not harping on that. Tonight we're talking about can you handle the truth? Yes. You can handle the truth. Why would there be a problem handling truth? It, it can hurt, yeah. I think the main thing that I wanted to get at first is human pride. Human pride resists the truth. You know, we preach down at the jails. If I was to ask in a room full of 100 guys down at the jail... How many of you are guilty? Very few hands would go up. <laughs> They're all innocent. We've got the worst court system in America right here in DeSoto County. We're putting men in jail by the thousands and none of them are guilty. <laughs> it's crazy. But people will, will justify and they'll lie to themselves for so long that they begin to believe it themselves. They believe that they're guilty. I mean, get innocent. <laughs> Some of them have, are so confused they believe they're guilty. <laughs> you know, but it's not a whole lot different outside the jail. Outside the jail, nobody thinks they're wrong about anything. You remember the scripture says every man thinks he's right in his own eyes? That's just a condition of mankind is... It's pride within us. We think that we know everything. I'm up here preaching like I know everything right now. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I know somebody who does, and that's why I'm here tonight. <clears throat> I know a place. <laughs> but even in the church, even among the sanctified folks, you, you find very few people that will receive correction. You know, I know you guys, you're the Wednesday night crowd. But a lot of people, you start preaching hard, they're gone. You know, they don't want to hear anything that's going to affect the way they live. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 says, For there's 
For a time is coming. Say, there's coming a time. (laughs) And it's here now. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. In other words, the truth. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear, and they'll reject the truth and chase after myths. No. They just want preachers to make them feel good. And I like preaching messages that make you feel good. That's part of it. We're supposed to feel good at church. But you know what? There's more on the plate than just dessert. Sometimes you got to eat your vegetables. <laughs> I mean, do you want to grow, don't you? You don't want to be stunted. <laughs> 1 Timothy 4.1, he says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly in the last times. Who believes we're in the last time? Got to be. That in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. Notice that word true. What was that other on that other scripture? It said, we'll reject the truth. And this one says the true faith. What are we talking about tonight? Truth. You can handle the truth. But some will turn away from the true faith, and they will, def- they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Wow. But these are people that must be going to church. (laughs) If they're listening to to messages, teachings. But some people just stick their head in the sand like an ostrich and pretend it ain't so. Because people just want to make their own truth sometimes. Every man's right in his own eyes. They don't want to hear the truth. Why? Because the truth can be challenging, like she said. It can be hard to face. It can be downright inconvenient. Al Gore uh, wrote a book several years ago called The Inconvenient Truth, in which he lied the whole book. (laughs) 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 He did. But I could be wrong. <laughs> we know the story of uh, Pilate talking to Jesus, right? The governor Pilate, the one who sentenced Jesus to be crucified. And in John 18, 37, Pilate said, said to Jesus, he said, so you're a king? And Jesus responded, you say I'm a king? He said, actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. If Jesus came into the world to do this, Kind of something to pay attention to, the truth. He came to testify to the truth. He said, all who love the truth will recognize that what I say is true. And then Pilate, he's looking at Jesus in the face. The truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the... He's looking at the truth, and what does he say? What is truth? Didn't recognize it, staring him in the eyeball. That's crazy. But see, when you're running from the truth, you often don't recognize the truth. See, the truth had become inconvenient to Pilate at that point. Now, if he'd have met Jesus earlier, you know, he'd have might have said, Jesus, 
you know, do me one of the magic tricks that you do. Heal somebody. Let me watch you. You know, when the truth was fun, he might have thought, that's awesome. Hey, let's have supper together, you know. But now that the truth has become inconvenient to Pilate, because he's, got a, he's not looking good in front of all these people because of the truth, now he's got a different opinion of the truth. He, he thinks, well, it'd just be easier just to wash my hands of this truth. And that's what people do. When the truth gets hard, they, wa- they want to wash their hands. But you know, he didn't escape responsibility because he washed his hands of it. <clears throat> Most of us, maybe right now, you may, be, you may have the truth in your lap. We got the truth on the board here. If you're a Christian, you have the truth in your heart. Of all people, we cannot, we cannot wash our hands and argue against God's truth. Now, I know all you would say, and you're all saying amen, and probably everybody in here is thinking, yes, you're right, because you're Christians and and you know the truth. But I'm just going to say, I'm just going to throw this out here. There's truth that I struggle with. It's truth that I don't understand yet when I look in the Bible. Truth that said... Okay, does that pertain to now or just back then? And just situations where truth, but there might be some truth in there that I just don't like a little bit because it crimps my style (laughs) or it makes me uncomfortable, right? And I imagine it might be the same way in your life. And I'm not saying I have all the answers how to figure those things out. Yeah, I do, pray. Because the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth to you. Knock, it'll be opened. Seek, and you shall find. What's the other one? Ask, and you shall receive. So ask. When you, when you got something that you see in the Word of God, but you don't understand, or you don't want to understand, either pray for mercy or pray for wisdom. Ask, don't, I mean, don't just lie against it. And act like it ain't there. At least put it on the shelf and deal with it later, but don't go around lying against the truth, even to yourself. Because 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. That's what it's for, to teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. See, some of us have a lot of stuff wrong in our lives, and we don't know why. Why does everything go wrong? Well, maybe you need to get in here and find out what the truth is, because the truth will set you free. It corrects us when we are wrong. That's the part we don't like. And it teaches us what to do right. Or it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's what this is for. Because we got a, we got a job description as ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. You can't just wash your hands of it. You can't just 
pick and choose like it's a buffet. You don't come through here and say, well, I like that healing and prosperity stuff, man. That's what I want. I'm going to go find me a teacher. That's all he preaches. And that's what some people do. Then when it gets hard about be ye holy or somewhere along those lines, it's like, I'm going to find somebody else. There's a story of a guy named Naaman in the Bible. He's a general uh, in the army, the head of the army of, of Aram. I think that's how you pronounce it. And the king of Aram notices that his, his general's not feeling so well, and he finds out that he's come down with leprosy. And he's concerned because this is my great general, Nahum, Naaman. <clears throat> and so he writes a letter to the king of Israel, and he says, is there anything you can do? And the king of Israel looks at him, what am I, God? <laughs> Why is he asking me? But Elisha, the prophet, happened to be there. And Elisha said, send him to my house. We'll show him that there is a God in Israel. <laughs> I like that. So uh, the king of Aram sends Naaman to Elisha's house. And I can just imagine, you know, this general riding up on a fancy horse with his best suit of armor on. And he's got all, probably got a bunch of soldiers with him making a big parade up to the, this little old shack that this prophet probably lives in, you can imagine. And somebody goes and knocks on the door and says, Naaman, General Naaman is here to see Elisha. And Elisha calls through the door. Tell him to go wash in the Jordan seven times and he'll be healed. And so the guy goes back and he tells Naaman what happened. Naaman is furious. I rode all the way over here to this little shack and this little no-name prophet won't even come out to greet me? <laughs> what kind of mess is this? And go wash in the Jordan? There's, I could have washed in a half a dozen rivers before we got here. I'm just making a lot of this dialogue up, you know the way I do. <laughs> but giving you the gist of the story. He gets so mad, but the prophet says something else, and I can't remember what it was, but it convinced him to go, and he goes and he washes seven times, and he's healed. Just like, he was expecting, I don't know what he was expecting, but I know the truth doesn't always suit our ego. The truth doesn't always happen the way we want it to, but the truth is always the truth. The truth will get the results if you'll let the ego part go. <laughs> There's also the story of Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament. Everybody, the church was just getting formed and everybody was excited and they were filling all their purple chairs. And people started giving. And, and people started selling their property and bringing the money in and giving it to the church so that the church could grow. And, and Ananias and Sapphira had this piece of property, and they went and sold it. And I, I don't know what happened, but along the way, they must have said, man, we got a lot of money for our property. And they were probably planning on giving it all, but somewhere along the line, they said, well, let's keep a little bit of it. And so they, they took some of it back, but they went before Peter and the Holy Ghost and said, here's, we sold our property, and here's all the money. Well, it was just a guy at first. And Peter said, why have you lied to the Holy Ghost? When, when that money was yours, did, couldn't you have done what you wanted to with it? But why did you have to lie? See, God don't like lying. I think there's a scripture that says, 
All liars will find their place in the lake of fire somewhere. But he lied, and he fell down dead, and they dragged him out. And then, in Acts verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Peter said to the woman when she finally came in, how could the two of you even think of con to conspire to test the Spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too, and guess what happened? Bloop. Fell over dead. They mistakenly thought that a lie would be more convenient than the truth. Who is the father of all lies? Who is the truth? Who is the word of God? See, Jesus tells us there's two foundations that you can build your house on. On the shifting sand or on the solid rock? You got two choices. The world wants to build theirs on the shifting sand. They want to throw it up quick. Don't need, it, don't need to dig down into the rock. But those wise people that are going to endure the storms of life, that are going to stand strong when those same trials hit their house that, that crashed the shifting sand house, they're the ones that dig deep. They took the time to dig down, to do like Big Joe was telling me, listening to 16 chapters a day on his headset at work, reading, and interest got him a new Bible. Dig deep into the things of God and establish your life on a rock. And so when those storms and those waves and all that wind come against your life, and it is coming, You'll be able to stand. That's why most of you, man, some of you have been through more stuff. Maybe even last year. Have been through more stuff that would have caved most of the people that you know around you. But you're still standing. You're still standing for multiple reasons. But all of them are because of the truth of God somewhere in your life that's working and giving you something to stand on. Giving you faith to believe giving you hope for tomorrow, giving you wisdom to get out of the issue, giving you brothers and sisters to help carry you when you, when you can't walk yourself, giving you encouragement, uplift you, giving you that love, feel that love coming down from above, and know you matter to somebody, that you're not alone in this. God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? And those truths start rising up on the inside. I'm more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Pretty soon you shout, Woo! Hallelujah! Let the bank come and get it. I don't care. Hallelujah! Jesus is all I need. It's cold out here. Anybody got a place I can stay? <laughs> See, the, the world... Is all about the shift in sand. Can you imagine if they had the world the way they want it, devoid of all truth? They don't want any truth. Well, the only truth they want, they want everybody to have their own truth. Lord help us. Can you imagine? 
well, we can't really say anything to Hitler and all because that's his truth. They're the sort of people that think that the U.S. Constitution is a living, breathing document. You know what I mean? That's the battle here in America. People think that the, 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 the U.S. Constitution that was written with pen, uh, pen on paper is living and breathing, and it sounds like, hey, that's good, it's living and breathing, like the Word of God. But no, the way they mean it is that it is moldable to whatever the moral compass is in society. Whatever everybody thinks is okay, that the Constitution should just come along with it. But the Constitution was given so that exact same thing would not happen, that we would have a foundation that's unmovable in this country. That it didn't just flying by the seat of its pants. The Constitution says what its Constitution says, and the Bible says what the Bible says. And it means it. And it's not subject to morph into whatever people's personal opinions are. It's what made us great, the Constitution. This was what makes us great. In the 1500s, back a long time ago, before most of us were born, they used to think, they used to think that the sun and all the planets revolved around the earth, that we were the center of the universe. Because, I mean, they looked up, and they saw the stars, that, how they move across the sky and stuff, and all that stuff just revolves around for us to see. And they thought, that the sun and the planets revolved around the earth. But a couple hundred years later, they figured out with telescopes and so forth that no, we're moving. And it's the sun that is the center of the universe. And I could preach a message on that. We revolve around the sun, not the other way around. Now let me ask you, when they figured that out, was that when we started revolving around the sun? Had it been the way they thought the whole time, and then all of a sudden, oh, I think we're moving. Okay, and so then God said, okay, then the stars are... No, it had always been the truth. It had always been the same. It was man's understanding of it that was subject to change. And it's man's understanding that can get in error, but not the truth. Does that make sense to anybody? Lord help us. Christians are often called closed-minded. Have you, you you see that on the social media and TV? And because we believe that there's only one way. How dare we believe that there's only one way to heaven? You're so closed-minded. Surely there's got to be many ways. Well, how can there be many gods who are all in control at the same time? I mean, that's just common sense. I'll tell you how to be open-minded. You want to know? I know we're closed-minded in here. We're, we're shut off from reality and all. You know, we don't have a Ph.D. in front of our names in here and and we don't even believe that we came from monkeys, you know. We're just so backwoods. 
<laughs> Let me show you how to be open-minded. Turn to Acts 17, 11. It's talking about two different churches. And it says, and the people of Berea were more open-minded. So let's f- figure out what they did. They were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's messages. Okay, so they were, at, they were at church, and they were listening to the messages, but they searched the Scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. That's what God calls open-minded, to search and make sure that your pastor or your preacher is telling the truth, not just to believe anything you hear. That's open-minded in God's view. <laughs> it ain't open-minded to doubt the Word of God. It's open-minded to search the Word of God. Woo, that's good. I used to preach to them little knuckleheads back in the children's church. And One time I was back there, and I had, I had done it upright. I had got me a plastic sword, and I put some kind of hat on, looked like a helmet of salvation, and I had me a breastplate of righteousness I made out of cardboard and put, had a shield, and I put faith on it, you know, I had some big boots, and I told them that was the gospel of peace, shoes, you know, and everything, and I had these big pants on. Man, I never got in more trouble. Parents were, came to the church and was telling on me, got me in trouble with Miss Gail, used to be the, over the I thought I was going to get excommunicated or something. But it was all innocent. I, what I had done purposely is I had worn some big old long shorts underneath, but I had worn some real baggy pants. And I had them kids just laughing because I was telling them about all that stuff, and, I, and every time I'd try to show them the sword or something, my pants would fall down. Of course, I had the shorts on. But the kids just thought that was funny, and I said, I, I know there's another piece of armor I keep forgetting. Then I'd trip over my pants or something, they'd fall down again. And finally I told them, oh, it's the belt of truth that I forgot about. You know, when kids, they go back and tell their parents stuff, it's like, what'd you learn in class today? I don't know, but the, the teacher kept pulling his pants down. That's all the parents heard. It wasn't nothing like that. (laughs) But I was trying to explain to them that the belt of truth holds all the armor of God together. Without the truth, it's all going to fall apart. In fact, this whole universe is held together by the word of God's power, by the truth. If we were able to convince God, that he's a liar. It's impossible for God to lie. Do you understand that? We're held together. Every fiber in your being, every molecule of your existence, in these chairs, your DNA, your, everything about you was spoken into existence by someone who cannot lie, by the word of his power. I even wrote the scripture down. Let me find it. Turn to Hebrews 1. How do we know the word of God is true? He's not a man that he should lie.
There it is again, last days. He has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him, through whom he made the universe. Now let me see, I'm, I've got it in another translation. I may have gotten the wrong translation, but it says sustaining all things by his powerful word. He spoke it all into existence. Now, I've preached this whole time, and you probably had not had a chance to think about it yet, but you're probably saying, how does this pertain to me getting bigger on the inside? Because I'm not just throwing things together, you know. John 8, 32 says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth is what makes you free. Free from sin. Free from bondage of all sorts. The truth helps us prioritize our lives. It shows us what matters, because what matters to God is what matters. Right? It shows us what's important and what's not. You know, some of us, if we didn't find out the truth, we may have spent our whole life going in the wrong direction, doing the wrong thing, something that means nothing in the end. Gaining the whole world but losing our own soul, so to speak. It helps us prioritize so we can let go of things to make more room so that you can make the space that you have count so that you can be bigger on the inside. So if it prioritizes and makes, helps us to get rid of things that don't matter and it's the truth that sets us free from sin, so then... We can be free from the sin and the weights that so easily beset us and keep us from running our race. Does that make sense? It's all done by what? The truth. The truth points us to the bigness of our God. I mean, that prayer we prayed before we got started, that's just stirring ourselves up into who we are. Because the bigger we are, the truth reveals his bigness his immensity, his unstoppability, his awesomeness, his wonder, the awe, the holiness, the justice, the righteousness. Man, I'm preaching so good, I'm spitting cotton everywhere. You ever done that? You talk yourself dry? Really, though, it tells us about the love of God. It makes us feel important. It does more than make us feel important. It makes us important. It makes life important to know the truth of God's love. That he loves you more than anything in this world. And it makes you understand how silly it is to be running around trading fool's gold with the world. When we could have all the promises of God, and they're yes and amen, they're yes and amen, if you just knew the truth, the things that really matter, his love makes you bigger than anything else in this entire world. His love, it's more powerful. If somebody would have just shared the truth with Adolf Hitler, 
there might have been a chance that all that could have been averted. If somebody would have showed him some love when he was growing up. Love can, love can do more than any nuclear weapon, any, any man-made power. It's the heart of man. It deals right with the, the source of either the wickedness or the good deeds. God's love. So what do we do? What am I getting at on, in this message? Well, I, first, I just wanted you to know the bigness, uh, the importance of truth. I, I just wanted to remind you, I know you all know, and sometimes I struggle on Wednesdays. Am I being too simplistic, you know? But I'm simple. <laughs> I've, I've told you before, I'm not real deep. I, I'm not going to wow you with, you know, some Kenneth Copeland type of preaching. I know a lot of you probably like that. But I'm simple, simple-minded. And I just like this, the basic things. What, you, what we can do is we can just, I just implore you to humble yourself and remind yourself that the truth is important. And if you're fighting against it, I would ask you, ain't you tired, Miss Hilly? <laughs> Somebody's going to have to watch that movie for us so we'll just understand what I'm talking about. Ain't you tired of fighting against the truth? <laughs> Playing games with yourself, lying to yourself, because you, you're not fooling God. <laughs> Ain't you tired of pretending certain scriptures don't exist? Not going to certain books of the Bible because you don't want to see what it says? Some of us don't even go to the Bible at all. I've heard people actually say, well, if I don't read it, if I don't know about it, I won't be held accountable for it. That's, that's true to a certain degree. That's to a certain degree, but if you know you are to be looking at it that you ain't, that's canceled out. <laughs> Lord help Say, Lord, help us. Every man can't be right in his own eyes. It just don't work that way. If I say it's red and you say it's yellow, which one of us is right? Oh, we both right. <laughs> Let's stop sheltering ourselves from the truth, even if it's inconvenient. If there's something that, that you've got questions about, search it out. And let's get... Let's, there, there's certain things that I know that in your life, and you just don't want to know about it. Don't want to know about it. I'm doing this because I like it, and I don't want nobody to tell me I'm wrong. But it's not good for you. There's things that we have in our life that's not good for us. That's the only reason God wants you to know the truth. The truth is keeping you from putting your hand on a hot stove because it's going to burn you. 2 Timothy 2.15 and the King James says, study to show yourself approved unto God. So, Joe, you're doing the right thing. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's a right way and a wrong way. You can take this scripture and you can torture it and twist it all you want and make it say, 
I argue with people sometimes, and I, and I just learned it's futile to argue with some people that's already got their mind made up to believe a lie. But they will twist the Word of God in such torturous ways that I'm like, how? How do you come to that? How do you, you know, it's like those, never mind. Okay, so, <clears throat> did I spend the night in the forest? What do you think, Joe? Most people say no. Well, I was there. <sighs> a flashlight's gone. A GPS is just telling me to go north. <clears throat> I can't see anything. So I get the batteries out of the GPS and put them in the flashlight. And so I look down, and I make sure the GPS ain't nowhere near my, my compass, and I started walking. Man, I tell you what, I walked, and I walked, and I went through some briar patches because at nighttime, have you ever been in the woods at night? It's pretty spooky. <laughs> there's, a, there's packs of coyotes. I mean, things going on in the woods you don't, wouldn't believe at night. I mean, you can't see the hand in front of your face. It's bad, and, and you're trying to walk, and you're like, flack! you know, a, a limb gets you or whatever. I walked through some tough spots. I mean, there was thickets and briars all over me. It took me like 10 minutes to get 12 yards one time. But I walked about an hour and a half after dark. I finally made it back to my truck. I was so happy. But it's important that we find our true north in our life. It's important to have light for the journey. Psalms 119.105 says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And Jesus prayed in John 17, 16. He said, they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. In other words, we're not part of that shenanigans going on, that relativism. He said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. This world's same old voice telling the same old lies. But there's a better life. There's a better life. Say that with me. There's a better life. Say, Lord, help us. Let me pray. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.